Welcome to Blockbuster, the movie review podcast where two fellas lost on a hiking trail ask, are there bears in Australia? I'm Mitch. I'm Max. And today we are looking at Camp Rock and Theatre Camp. If you were out on the trail, what's the one animal you would not want to come across? Um, a whale. A whale. I just feel like if I was walking in the woods and I just saw a whale on the on the track, it would just be really upsetting. Like a beached whale. This is more like an emotional thing for you rather than a I'm scared for my life thing. Yeah. I mean, like, because you kind of go like, oh, yeah, a bear or a snake or something. It's like, yeah, that's scary. But you kind of expect it. Or it's like, if I'm hiking up, I'm hiking somewhere, and then I'm just like, oh, my God, that's a beached whale in the middle of the woods. I think that's like, that's going to instill some kind of like existential terror. Like how to get there. Yeah, right? Yeah. Today's theme is camping, specifically production camps. And we're joined with a special guest. Hello, it's me, the manager. I'm Mr. Manager. I had previously featured, yeah, my voice. Yeah, you've appeared a couple times. Which did not cut it out. I thought it was funny, and I was told perhaps not so much afterwards. Next time, we'll see. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are. Here we are. Um, I actually, I, I wanted to ask before we started, with, with both of you now, what is your experience with camping and also during productions? I have mostly separate experiences of camps and productions, except I did go on music camp when I was at uni. I was in the orchestra and I was playing second violin and I didn't know anyone. And it was like third week into the semester and I was brand new at the uni and didn't know anyone. And the cabins weren't like assigned. You had to just like grab one. Um, and I was too terrified and I slept in my car on the first night. <sighs> So <laughs> I'm not making this up for the bit. I promise. No, I, I know. I, I really believe you. The reason why I'm laughing is because it's quintessential you. It's like the most believable thing you've ever told me. <laughs> we we spent a lot of the rest of the camp like playing werewolf, like one night ultimate werewolf. Mm. Oh my god, that's a good game. The stereotypes are real for a reason, I guess. I was going to say, how about how about you? Camping and slash or productions? Um, Please. It's the manager. I'm Mr. Manager. Ah, fuck. Bleep that out. So I have zero production experience, pure audience member, but I have lots of camping experience every summer up the coast. Um, But no, no crossover between production and camping, unfortunately. When I was 14, I went on a, a music camp for high school. I was part of the intermediate concert band. I hated my conductor and I got a zero out of 10 in the talent show. Do you think that that was a formative experience for you? Well, yeah, I, I think that's when I first learned that life really does require a certain level of comedy to get through it. It's where I think I picked up the idea of, uh, laughing the pain away, you know, and I, it's something I've stuck to, to this day. Yeah. Who gave you a zero? Well, he said duck egg and it was actually kind of funny because in my way, I thought I was being hilarious. I, for my, for my talent show, for my talent 
I just got a bunch of people to get up and play Duck Duck Goose with me. Maybe I deserved it, but I did, don't think so. I was talented enough to get at least eight people to go up and play Duck Duck Goose with me. So at, at, at like ranging ages from like 13 to 16. So I got teenagers to play Duck Duck Goose. I think that's a talent. I think it definitely shows commitment to the bit. And he gave me a goose egg, the fucker. He said that. He said a goose egg. I'm not mad. Were, were you playing bassoon at the time? I was. Yeah. Oh, Thanks for outing me like that, <laughs> Max. Thanks. Now no I'm, one's going to think I'm sorry. cool. If, 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 am I, if I have to say that I played second, second violin, not second chair violin, second violin. Second violin's fine. Sixth chair. That's fine. There's so many violins. No one gives a shit which level violin you sit at unless you're the first. And if you're not the first, they're like, oh, you're any of the other many. It's only the first is cared about. There's so many violins, but no, you have to be like, you played the bassoon, right? Yeah, the thing that uh, translates to a, almost a slur in German. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this has impacted you deeply. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I'm feeling fine. So, spoiler alert for Camp Rock and Theatre Camp. Camp Rock, directed by Matthew Diamond, released in 2008, and it shows. It stars Demi Lovato, Joe Jonas, Megan Martin, Maria Canel Barrera, Alison Stoner, and the other two Jonas brothers as well. Max, what is Camp Rock about? Camp Rock is about a, t- a production team at Disney going, damn, we made a lot of money off High School Musical. Mm. Let's do it again, but it's camp this time. What an evolution is what I would say. It is, I believe, in 169, unlike the original High School Musical, which was in 4.3. Oh, thank God. I was worried. <laughs> I know your reaction to the last 4.3 movie we watched together. I don't know what uh, on earth you're talking about. I would never outwardly react to a film not in a normal size. I, I want to make I want to give some context first up. Um, the last time I made notes for a film for this podcast was The Covenant, which was our second film that we did in the first episode. I haven't made notes on a film since, so that's nine episodes of no no notes. I have forty one notes for this film. Oh my god. So I kind of live tweeted it to myself a little bit on just on my notes app. And I think I think th- this can be a good basis of just how I feel about the film. I'm going to start with number one. If that's all right with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Nigger. I'm pretty sure her ward- wardrobe door and bedroom door are the same door. Because it didn't look like she moved positions between changing clothes and exiting the room. So this was a t- made-for-TV movie. I'm going to make fun of it no matter what. I don't give a shit for about the Disney background. Channel, for Disney Channel, which had r- notoriously low budgets. As you said, like it's got a couple of big names in there, but this was before they were big names, they big. really. Yeah. Demi Lovato was not yet Demi Lovato. As far as I'm aware, actually, this movie was meant to be a vehicle for either Miley Silas or Selena Gomez, but one of them, I think it was Selena Gomez, and Selena Gomez deliberately didn't take the part so Demi Lovato could have a chance to... That, am, I, am I correct on that one? Uh, I don't know, but I can tell you that the mum in this movie is the same, it's played by the same actor who plays um, Selena Gomez's mum in Wizards of Waverly Place. She's an alumni. That's good. 
you know, Disney alum, Disney alum, mm. yeah, along with um, uh, Justin Timberlake and. Are you just listing Disney alum or yeah. are they league together? No, they were on the Disney. Oh yeah. There was someone else, Britney Spears, I think. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. My second note. I'm irritated from the get-go because Mitchie is the worst fucking name imaginable and some high-pitched poindexter in glasses said it three times in one sentence. So, as people have probably figured out by now, my name is Mitchell, can be shortened to Mitch. No one calls me Mitchie except my mom You've never, on rare occasions. I was going to say, surely your mom. My mom calls says Mitchie on rare occasions and she's the only one who is allowed to get away with it. Everyone else... It's it's it grates on me. So every it's single a hideous nickname. It's a horrible, horrible nickname, and they say it so often because I think they thought that the audience would keep forgetting her name or something. I don't. Maybe it's got to or do that, with like that forget she's a girl. I don't, I don't know, know, but it's just horrible. But and what and the point is, I I kept cringing through the film, and that, that was not a good uh, a feather in the films hat as it were but yeah look we can I'll, we'll do some more of my notes in a bit but i want to hear mr manager i'm mr manager what's what's your take on this film all right so uh, the, the only reason i feel compelled to join this week's podcast is the fact that this is a joe jonas film mm. i don't care for the other two interesting i'm pretty sure kevin jonas is like a trump supporter weirdo freak Unsurprising. And Nick Jonas married Priyanka Chopra and she's gorgeous, so he's, he gets a tick, right? Unproblematic, quiet, the way they're supposed to be. Is he a wife guy? He's a wife. He's a big wife guy. We, we stand and a she's good super wife hot, guy. So, we stand a good wife guy, know. not a shit one. Absolutely. Yeah. And now this is the thing, right? We stand a wife guy. Up until very recently, Joe Jonas was the wife guy. Yep. He totally redeemed his public image. He was married to everyone's sweetheart who watched her grow up on Game of Thrones, be Queen of the North, and then he goes and be a massive dickhead. Mm. So what I'm bringing this week is a little exploration of Joe Jonas's dating history and why this is completely on brand for him. Interesting. I'm excited. So... Cast your minds back to 2008, you know, around the time this movie was coming out. Max, what was your favorite movie in 2008? What's my favorite movie in 2008? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What movies came out in 2008? The Dark Knight. I, did, I hadn't seen The Dark Indiana Knight. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Yeah, I still haven't seen that one, actually. Um, that's just a reference to when we talked about that like two, four episodes ago. Remember? Because we also talked about 2008. Uh, never mind then. Guess I'm the law keeper for Blockbusted uh, 2008 films. Yeah, hit me with some films. All right, we got Jumper, the Christian... What's his name again? Fuck, the Anakin Skywalker, Christian Hadenson. The, the Christian Hadenson... No, I have not seen... Uh, jumper. All right, burn up. I saw a, another Cinderella story. Oh, great you movie! Would see that. Burn after um, reading. I watched a lot. I want to be fair. I watched a lot of movies that my sister had on the TV. You're making this hard to read out. 
Gran Torino, brother. Yeah, oh, Gran Torino. Journey to the center of the Journey to the center of the Earth with uh, Brendan Fraser. Oh, and Josh Hutchison. Love him. Uh, I guess superhero movie. Uh, Man on the Wire did not come out in two thousand and eight. Oh, it did. All right, never mind then. I'm an idiot. The Tale of Despero. Oh, Spiderwick. No, nah, I was Spiderwick. I, oh, I, I never watched Spiderwick. No, I my I read those books and then the movie no, came out. Actually, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what my favorite film in two thousand eight was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Speed Racer. Ugh. Good God. You disappoint me. I agree. It, you scrolled past Kung Fu Panda. It hadn't come up yet. And Wally. Wally for Speed Racer. Tropic Thunder. Unbelievable. No, but Speed Racer's good though. Not compared to those two. Oh, High School Musical 3. Come on. Oh, for real, for real? Actually, it'd be The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Uh, actually, for real, for real, for real, I think it would be Ponyo. For real, for real. We do stand Ponyo. For real, it'd probably be the Tom Cruise historically accurate Hitler assassination film, Valkyrie. Oh, God. Mr. Manager, what is Joe Jonas doing in 2008? Uh, in 2008, he's doing Taylor Swift. The infamous, like, dating between those two. I think it only lasts three months. What era is this for Taylor? That's a really good question. It's probably debut. Oh, as in, like, I guess, I guess the question I'm more asking is what era is Joe Jonas written in? Because, you know, like, there's, like, the... Jake Gyllenhaal is one album type thing. Which which era uh, is Joe Jonas written about? He features in the Fearless era. Okay, there's actually two songs that he features in. Better than Revenge comes out in the Fearless Fearless era, um, which is supposedly written about Camilla Bell, which is Joe Jonas's next girlfriend after Taylor Swift, um, in which he date, started dating her really fast after they broke up, um, and it's about Camilla like stealing her boyfriend. Whatevs. Um, notably, he dumped Taylor Swift over a 27-second phone call, which he then makes a joke about, like, on SNL. I, I guess I, I respect self-awareness, but maybe not like that. Yeah, I don't think it did wonders for his public image. Good. Um, but it's probably when everyone was shitting on Taylor Swift, so mm. probably did, actually. So, yeah, this is our first instance we get of him just dumping girlfriends out of really cowardly and out of nowhere, right? Yeah. And he dates Camilla. The other, oh yeah, the other song from the Fearless era doesn't actually get released until she re-records Fearless and puts it out in 2021, I believe. Oh, okay. In which the song from the vault, Mr. Perfectly Fine, comes out. And everyone's like, oh, which one is it about? And it's basically confirmed um, through an Instagram story where Sophie Turner, huge Taylor Swift fan, um, keeps posting all of these um, stories with her and Joe Jonas um, with the song playing in the background. And it's like basically confirmed. That's kind of, it's harsh, but fair. It's fantastic. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's not a slanderous song. Oh. If you actually listen to it. It's nothing like what Jake Gyllenhaal cops deservedly. <laughs> it's basically like, this was a good one. We're chill. What else? Cool. Yeah. Moving forward, we go to 2010. Mm. Um, I believe this is around the time Camp Rock 2 is coming out. The, the final I'm smash? Sure. Slam? But Jam. Jam? The final smash. Um, it, it ends up being the final smash between these two. Oh. Um, Demi Lovato. <laughs> I am right? living for these transitions, um, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, so around 2010, 
uh, Demi Lovato and Joe Jonas date for a little bit. Uh, when they break up, apparently it's amicable. Demi's like, oh, yeah, it's like fine. Whatever. They go on to like perform together. I think she goes on tour with the Jonas Brothers a little bit. Whatever. But apparently I saw a TikTok this week, right? This is legit sources that he dumps her right before they do a live press perf- like to a performance in which they're singing like songs together on stage. Um, it's giving Russell Brand divorcing Katy Perry right before she goes on stage um, on tour. Um, if you've seen the Katy Perry documentary film, you know what's good. You know what's what. Actually haven't. Would you recommend it? It's actually really good. Interesting. All right. But anyway, so this is our second like thing we get about him being a piece of shit about doing breakups, right? So we're in 2010. Then he dates, you know, a couple of other people. Um, the next kind of like super famous person he dates is Gigi Hadid. Mm. And this is like 2014. Um, they date for a little bit, whatever. It's kind of nothing. Immediately after they break up, she starts dating Zayn Malik. And this is the person with whom she has two children with now, but they're actually not together anymore. No. Um, and he comments, I think, on like one of those late shows that, yeah, oh, she did move on a bit fast. So he seemed to take issue with that. But Zayn Malik is like every better version of jo- Jonas. So it's good for her. Mm. She, she knew what she was doing. He has a few more girlfriends. Then this brings us to 2016 Sophie Turner yep. era. Right, so they get hooked up in 2016. They officially confirm they're dating 2017, and then by 2019, they are married. Right, it's like cute. Like she's like super famous at that point. He's not really famous at that point. They seem lovely. She's 20 in 2016, and he's 27. Right, so he'd be 30. So it is a bit like three, like iffy. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's it's iffy just because she's grown up on the TV, yeah, and she's been working her whole life, and this is when Game of Thrones stops, mm. and she finally like can be a person, um, and then she marries him. So, I mean, she chose to do that. That's when, yeah, they seemed happy. So this, like, the last two weeks, it's come out that Joe Jonas is divorcing. Sophie Turner. Did you both see this on the news? I'd heard this. Yeah, I'd, I'd heard this. Yeah. You've heard? I heard this secondhand. Through your other associates? Yeah. Right. Was it from no, Mr. Mostly your sister, I assume. I was going to say, yeah. Sister of Mr. Manager. I'm Mr. Manager. Like, I didn't hear your it through sister? your sister. My sister. <laughs> I didn't hear it through your sister. No, your sister. No, I heard it through um, you, Mr. Manager. I'm Mr. Manager. Oh. Initially. Oh, he listens. I'll come up in your performance review. What was that? Um, <laughs> didn't mean to air out any dirty laundry on the potty. No, but this is, that's a positive review. Oh, good. Anyway, so comes out that they're reportedly getting a divorce. Everyone's like, what the fuck? Because they've got two kids now. We're like, oh, they were the golden, one of the golden couples. Hmm. It's been a really bad year for big couple breakups. It's, we're going through it. We're all like, oh, that sucks. And immediately his PR team gets to work. Sophie Turner's being branded as the party girl. She's never home with the kids. Joe Jonas is always home with the kids. She's a party girl. She's out like 
drinking and like, you know, being a party scene girl, which is incongruent to her public image, right? Right. It's very, it's very strange. Sophie Turner doesn't respond to these rumors for, I think, four or five days, whereas his PR team basically got going late the next day after rumors come out. Um, They officially confirm that they are going to be splitting up um, through like a mutual statement that they post. Um, It's very stock standard, like asking for privacy, splitting up, it's mutual decision. Sure. And we're kind of like, oh, okay. Meanwhile, the the rumor mill is still going through. Oh, she's a party girl, like trying to destroy her image, right? Then all these little TikToks and Instagram videos start coming out about how she's she is a homebody. They would do, you know, bits together on, on camera. You know, uh, who's who's the bit who's the bigger like homebody between you two? And they both say it's Sophie. So everyone's kind of like, mm, it's not really giving. It's going to be something else here, right? Yeah. Um, then the next week, like Sophie's been silent. Sophie goes out to dinner with Taylor Swift. I saw this notable Joe Jonas ex. I saw. Girlfriend. I saw the images because they took they took photos. Yeah, right. Because yeah. she's the most papped celebrity on the planet right yeah. now. Like literally everywhere she goes, and so they go out to dinner. And then the very next day, she sues Joe Jonas for custody of their children. Oh, my goodness. And I haven't read through it. It's really long. But essentially what's happened is earlier this year, April, they um, decide together as a couple that their family is going to live in England. You know, the children are going to be raised in England. They've basically bought a plot and they're building a house in England like at the moment. Um, they've enrolled the children already in like preschool and stuff. So they're settling down there. Notably, Sophie Turner is British. Joe Jonas is not. Yeah. And then right before the kind of settlement on that, he calls it off. Like, I don't know. Basically, he, there's an argument that happens on his birthday and then he's divorcing her two weeks later. But most mm, terribly, he has the children at the moment in America. Sophie's been filming in England. She's wrapped up filming and she's gone over to America to join them um, because the Jonas Brothers are on tour right now and he's and the nanny have got the kids while she's been filming. So she's gonna, she, the plan all along was she was going to go over, join for a little bit for the tour, then take the kids home. However, she's suing for custody because he is unlawfully detaining the children in America by refusing to hand over the children's passports to Sophie Turner. Oh, Jesus Christ. And she's essentially stranded in America because she can't leave without her children, right? So she's sent through this case to the courts. Yeah. Because it's basically, I think it's the Hague Convention that he's breaking here by refusing to release the passports of his children and equates to unlawful detainment. You know what the Hague Convention is? Sorry. Just because I, d- I don't know what it is. I mean, I can kind of grasp it from context, but I don't know a proper anything. It's the Hague Convention on the Civil Aspects of International Child Abduction. Oh, shit. Yes. So a treaty that provides an expeditious method to return a child internationally abducted by one parent from one member country to another. 
So um, England and the US are members of this like treaty convention. Mm. And so by unlawfully detaining his children, he is breaking this like treaty. Shit. So Joe Jonas has like absolutely destroyed any like positive PR. He would have done well just to shut up, get divorced, say nothing, and he would have come out of this relatively unscathed. Yeah. Except he is not going to. He's screwed. All of the Taylor Swift fans fucking hate him again. Those are the fans you don't want hating you, honestly, because they are rabid. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of fans. They're rabid. It's the power of girl power. He's fucked. So I came into this film going, I hate this man. And then he rocks up looking like that so, for this movie. I came into this Brother. I came into this film with little to no opinion on the Jonas Brothers. And I walked out of it saying, I hate this man because <laughs> I hated him. <laughs> he was shit. Do you wanna, I'm going to hit you guys with some more of my notes, if that's okay. Yeah, go. The dude who did a backflip off the bus is too extra and also that is disrespectful to public property. And then immediately after that, I wrote, all these theater kids are freaks. Yeah. Don't bang on the bus, man. Dude, well, he's just like, what am I meant to bang on then? Just don't bang on the bus. What am I meant to- the bus driver's like, shut the fuck. Um, it's, it'd be so irritating, right? Because the bus driving is an annoying job as is, I reckon. And you got these, you got the theater kids who are just extra more annoying. It's just, damn. One of my, one of my uh, notes is says just in quotation mark, "Hey, I'm a music producer. Check this out." And then an asterisk is proceeds to play three thousandth of a beat. This Caitlin chick is not very good. Is what I say, which is really funny because I didn't know this, but it turns out the, uh, the the she's really good meme is about that character. She's really good. I didn't know that. I was flipping out when that well, the movie beat. played. Did you hear like, the beat? She's really good. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. Did you hear like it's like it's like the beat right beforehand is really recognizable as well because it's garbage and that's the joke because it's horrible. And then she's like, that she's really good. I was like, oh, that's not edited together. That's from the movie. I didn't realize that was in this movie. So because I, I wrote very early that Caitlin is not very good, and then it turns out the meme is about her not being good. So I just think that's quite amusing. No self-respecting teenager laughs at a middle-aged person saying holla and throwing faux gang signs. AKA, these band kids are freaks. Um, no, I would laugh at it. Not in the way they did. So yeah, I forgot to say sincerely, because they sincerely laughed at it. It wasn't, uh, this old person is trying to be on our level laugh. It was a, ha ha, you're actually funny laugh. This was unfortunately... 2008. Oh, it's so it's so obviously 2008. It's authentic for 2008, I think. I feel. Yeah. Uh, mm. The funny guy of the Connect Three band is not very funny. I think that's Kevin Jonas. Yeah. He's yeah. A he's just freak. an idiot. He's just. So I think this is how he was played on the Jonas Brothers TV show as well. Right. From memory, from my very limited rec- re- recollection of the Jonas Brothers TV show. Turn your is mind back. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we, we may have to do like a ripple effect on the video. There's no video. What am I talking about? <laughs> um, but I'm fairly sure he was played as like the stupid one or the fo- the funny one, but he's just stupid. He's just dumb. I actually Jonas did Brothers make a comment. Well. Every single comedic uh, relief character in it is just dumb. They're not funny. They're just stupid. Yeah, I just think I feel like this was very much of the style of Disney at the time for these kind of movies is like you didn't really have to do much to be counted as a like funny 
like comic relief character. It was just like, oh, that guy's a bit silly, huh? I guess you're playing to a, a very young audience at least, and they'll yeah. Uh, I have nice checkered guitar case, loser. Because uh, Joe Jonas steps out and I merely just thought he was in a ska band and anyone who makes you think they're in a ska band <laughs> is a loser. He's definitely a loser. My, uh, so this is immediately after that as well. I am pretty sure I could take every single one of these fuckers in a fight at once, by the way. I could take all of them. Not the teacher, but every single camper. If they all rushed me at once, I could take all of them. I'm, I am so, like, guarantee that. So theoretically, they're all teenagers, yeah, right? They're all like, I'd give them like what, 14 to 17 in that age range. So I feel like you have an inherent advantage there. No, 17 year old boys like are if, pretty. If I, if I took, if I took on a whole bunch of a group of 14 to 17 year olds, I think I would have an advantage over most of them. Most, I, most 17, I most 17 to 14 year old boys and also girls as well. I'd like basically hit their their growth. Like a lot of them are growing, are grown. And then that, yeah. yeah, Mr. Manager, as someone, as someone who works who, with these people, what do you think? You, there's no way you could take on teenagers. I think I agree with you that you could take on these, these ones. It's these ones. Losers, yeah. No, I'm not talking about general. Yeah. No way. Yeah. All right. So, so my other counterpoint to that is that like so many of these like kids are like really athletic and strong like to be able to do that sort of like hip-hop dancing is really quite physically intensive i understand my point Um, isn't so much that i don't believe they're strong or fully grown or anything like that my belief is that they're just all bitches and i could take them i mean yeah i'll pay to see it yeah i mean of course i would i would i would want to monetize this bad boy um all right i have the mountain of mincemeat in the kitchen is gross and yucky (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it really is. It's really bad. Like, because obviously it's like Play-Doh or something, right? Or something like that. I I assume so. I really hope it's not real mincemeat. That would be nasty. It'd smell, right? Because like, like, I cooked dinner before. I used 500 grams of minced beef. Mm. It's like reasonably small. Yeah. It's like the size of a small book, right? About 500 grams of mincemeat? Sure. Yeah, yeah, like a thick book that's small in form. No, no, I I can. I've worked with mincemeat before. I can vibe with you. So, so I'm trying to work out how much mincemeat that would be. Kilos. That's that's like 30, 40 kilos of mincemeat. Well, I mean, depends how ground beef, please. This is America. Sorry, a ground beef. Depends on how compact it is as well, because it could be kind of loose, or it could be like mushed in. I mean, it it didn't look like it. You know how like mincemeat has that sort of grain. Uh, tubes, the, yeah. like the tubes to it because it's being like squished out of the grinder. Yeah. That didn't have that. It that didn't. was just like a mush pile. They just straight up, they did. Solid. So it's, it's it's solid then, isn't it? It's a solid pile that's compressed, of that's meat. That's compressed ground beef. Yeah. Uh, that's like tens of kilos of ground beef. Like that would go off before you could use it all. That's true. Surely. Well, I mean, I don't think the level, the number of campers also warrants that much food. I think it's mm. grossly over preparation. Over preparation. Mm. Well, that's a joke, right? Yeah, true. Uh, I now understand why every primary school camp talent show had groups of four to six girls doing lip syncs to Taylor Swift songs with homemade choreography. I didn't, I didn't get it before. I was talking to a friend about this the other day, and then I watched this movie, and I get it now. Because I've seen High School Musical, and I guess like I thought maybe it came from that, but this cinches why a lot of those groups did it. I get it now. So, so... You probably will not be surprised to know that there were many, many, many Disney Channel uh, Disney Channel original movies. I'm unsurprised, but I think this is it. Had a very similar plot to this. This is it, though, right? But, I mean, you got this. You've got, um, I think, Lemonade Mouth had a similar plot. The fuck you just say to me? 
Lemonade mouth? Um, yeah. What am I supposed to? You can look it up. Am I supposed to? No, I'm not going to do that. It sounds like someone's pissed in the mouth. I'm not looking that up. That's gross. Ew. I don't know what you watch for porn. That's nasty. I have never heard of this. Lemonade mouth. Yeah, with Bridget Mendler. Oh my god, Haley Kiyoko's in the show. A lesbian icon. <laughs> oh, Haley Kiyoko. Fuck, I know her. The, the you sung girls like girls. I, that was a song I actually jammed to in 2015. It was a good song. What are you looking like that for? No comment. It was a good song. I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um, I feel like I feel like there was a lot, and then like that also comes from like Mean Girls, and then that itself we were talking about comes from Heather's. No, oh, fair enough. Um, God, so sorry. It's not. It's not that. It's not that. Like it's a new idea but i absolutely agree this this sort of style of movie at this particular time that that was why i i remember being in primary school and people could go up in assembly like you could oh, say you could ask no. like go up in assembly and like do a little like dance stop. or whatever stop um i did this oh. once what'd you do God. what'd you do uh, i did the worst possible break dancing yes to a musical song oh you're such a king of kings <laughs> I think it was High School Musical 3. That would have put oh, you some God. cool points, surely, during High School um, Musical 3. We were on the ground the whole time, and as a result, no one could see us except for the front yes, row. Yes, the preps. We were on like an elevated stage. <laughs> no. The oh, preps could watch you do it. It was, it was just like in a gym. <laughs> That's terrible. Awesome. Uh, I, I honestly don't know why we were allowed to do that. <laughs> I watched a compilation on TikTok the other day of high school musical characters having poor eyesight, and I'm starting to think that might be a reoccurring trend in Disney Channel films because this Jonas guy is not very well hidden behind those very thin tree branches, yet those groupies have not seen him. I don't know. Have you guys seen that? Like the the, the compilations of just uh, high school musical characters stepping slightly to the left and then another character not being able to see them? No. Damn. All right. Well, that's a niche Sorry. reference I somehow made. I don't even know how I did it that's cool whatever mm. man i don't care uh mitchie is extremely close to bitchy and these teen actors are not enunciating properly look look um i was just waiting for someone that, like if this was not a disney channel movie it'd be bitchy they would have done it someone would they would have just called her bitch i think one of my comments here actually is this movie could use more swearing because it just would have been better if it had swearing in it i mean i just like and maybe you can speak on this because you are more school oriented, but like children swear a lot, right? It's like every second word of our mouth. mouth. Based. That's pretty sick. It's hard to not join in, to be honest. I, I, I would not be a good teacher because I'd want to swear along with them instead of telling them not to. It'd be rough. Yeah, I agree. I'd, unless they're swearing aggressively, I don't really call them up. That's fair. But I feel like it's a very strange thing because like in the workplace, and maybe I'm, I work in a strange work, sorry, I work in a strange workplace where I don't think the norms are the norms. Sure. But I feel like in Australia, especially, swearing is not that big of a deal. I've sworn to my boss. And the fact that it gets so heavily policed yeah. in schools is a it, little strange to the me. The irony is so rich because the office of any school is absolutely fucking feral. Yeah. And is rife with it. Mm. Especially the English office, in my experience. <laughs> That's awesome. No, I, I swear directly to my my, my my boss right above me, and he doesn't give a shit. So usually I'm just like, bro, I fucked this up. And he's like, Lamau, okay, just like fix it up. I'm like, all right, don't worry about it, champ. I got this. Even though I do not have this. Yeah. But that's a different story completely. But no, that, as long as you're like not being rude about it, people don't really care. If you're care. not directing it at yeah. someone... If it's at yourself or just in yeah. general, you're fine, basically. Or you're not doing mm. it to customers, because I think customers is where it's like rough, but you know. 
Uh, I have. It's just because people are babies. I have here. Are all these children forced into this camp because their parents are trying to do a nepotism? Because every single person has a famous parent. Like it's like it's like a a camp to churn out. Do you reckon this is the camp that Disney sends its people to to see like if they can work in the Disney Channel or something? So 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 I was almost going to suggest when when we picked this was to act, not do this film and do. Um, Camp Rock 2, the final game. I haven't seen Camp Rock 2, the, fi- the Camp Rock 1, so I wouldn't have been able to watch Camp Rock 2. Well, 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 well. So in Camp Rock 2, the final jam, it's about the rich camp next door that's going to take over the... Oh, I see why you'd want to suggest that movie over yeah. this one. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, we'll, get to, we'll get to that whole thing that we're alluding to later, but God, we're good. I feel like that was the rich... Well, the rich Disney parents send their kids to. So this is like the lower, the lower tier. Like the, yeah. Some of these people are really rich, though. Like, what's her name's mom won like seventeen Grammys. I tried to count the amount of amulets, uh, like amount of bangles she had, by the way, to see how many things she had. But uh, it looked like it was like in the teens. I couldn't really get a good look at it ever. But uh, Beyonce's won like thirty one. So I don't know why she's bragging. Um, that's it. I found it really strange that she had a poster of her mom above her bed. Yeah, that's kind of weird. Maybe it's like an idea. It, maybe it's a commentary on how she's been forced to become a little me version of the mom, though. And she has she has to, like, I don't know. It's probably not that deep. But like it, it doesn't. But like the movie doesn't support this either. Like the only relationship we see her have with her mom is like in the last scene where her mom's there for five seconds and she's like, oh no, I'm sad because my mom can't spend time with me. took a yeah, phone call. That's like um, the whole point of the character. Yeah. Yeah, I know. But then she's like, oh, I want to live up to be, I want to be my mom. It's no, no, like, no, no, no. She wants to gain the respect of her mother enough for her mom to pay attention to her. Mm. I don't, I don't think her mother's not paying attention to her because she doesn't have the respect. It's her mother is yeah, too busy doing other things. She's a child with child brain. And the only thing her mum cares about is singing and doing her career. So she's like, I must be worthy. As someone whose mother often took phone calls when I was doing important things. I'm sorry, mom. But it's true. Oh, he's calling you out. <laughs> Jesus. As someone who had a mother who often took phone calls from while well, while doing important things. Look how you turned out. I know. I turned out <laughs> fine. I can't host a podcast. It's um, really the lowest you can get. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe there's something to it maybe this disney movie really knows what it's talking about they're really hitting home though. i feel like by the age of like what do we say 14 to 17 that, that age range you yeah have, you have no idea that like maybe you've just gotta like not worry about it yeah are you actually have you met 14 year olds what are you talking about? Not for a while, no. and I'm not. I'm not unhappy about that either. I'm glad for my distance yeah. on no. people on that side of the spectrum. They're they're not clever human beings. No, they're just balls of emotion and fury, which is yeah. like another emotion, but like, like it gets its own mention because it's huge. All right, yeah. I have an, another another one. Uh, I just wrote down totally blingalicious because shit house line. <laughs> no notes. No, no notes. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Mitchie knows she's good. She's just hunting for compliments. Whenever she's like, "Oh, yes. I can't sing." Ooh, ooh. She was very annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, look, none of the characters in this movie are good. None of the performances are good. The writing is bad. Oh, the girl who won at the end was good. Yeah, she was fine. <laughs> okay. Mitchie, none of the, n- none of the writing is good. 
the editing is fine. Awful. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, no, it's awful. I, I, I guess it's I've just actually very bad. I don't, I, ever since I saw the room, a lot of bad editing goes over my head now because I've just been like dogpiled on from the room. Uh, yeah. Mitchie and the teacher did the Arnie slash Carl Weathers handshake from Predator after her first performance thing. That's no real thing. I just thought that was interesting. Uh, then right after that, I have bro. I think she can fix him. And then in brackets, give him manners and make sure he talks to wait staff better. That's that was when I was after that first interaction in the kitchen when he, she puts flour on you his face. You should send that to Joe Jonas's PR team because <laughs> it might help him. Out. I reckon so too. I then have yeah. so Joe get back with Demi Lovato. Absolutely not. Demi Lovato is way too cool and hot for him. She's good. He's music. so ugly. I then have yeah, they do excellent music. I have Mitchie is lucky. These girls know nothing about China. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That was very strange. I just feel like it's so obviously that she's abusing the racial stereotype, and that character does not say anything at all. It's just yeah. horrible in general. It's like, oh, the Oriental is right. unknowable. So we hit about in two thousand and eight. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't know about the the Oriental East in two thousand eight when the Olympics were held in Beijing. Literally, they hadn't been revealed yet. They were still mysterious. We didn't know they could do sports. Or other things. <laughs> They're like one of the best like, like sporting countries in the world. I realize that. Uh, at, so, as I said, I have 41 notes. I've been skipping a few because they weren't actually that interesting. But at note 27, I have, we've hit 37 minutes and I'm exhausted. So I'm not going to make more notes unless something really pops up. Then at note 28, I have minute 38. This Caitlin character is kind of a bitch. She kind of is a no, bitch. Hold on, hold on. But at uh, about six to eight, uh, notes later, I said, okay, Caitlin is actually based. I don't know what happened, but... She, yeah, I was going to say... She, that, she redeems. She kind of deserves She it. redeems. Yeah. yeah. I, I found this movie, like, again, I, this is not a good movie. This movie has very serious issues. And it's a real stinker. It's a bad movie. It's a bad it's movie. A, it's bad. Mm. I have, I have, I have the, more. The fact, oh, the fact, sorry. The fact that, like, there's this complete reversal from Mitchie is a bad person because she lied to everyone too. Mitchie's the hero because she told the, the annoying girl to shut up. It's Slay. She's just stealing Kate. Was her name Caitlin? Caitlin's like spotlight. Yeah. She basically. Was, she was pulling. Caitlin was sick. Except for her shithouse Absolutely. music, but that's not really her fault. That's the production team's fault. Yeah. Um, no, but she was the music producer. I know. Note 29. Thank God the spaghetti has no sauce, because otherwise that would have been messy. Why the fuck are they Do eating? Americans do that. Plain spaghetti, bro. spaghetti and butter. I it's spaghetti so. and butter. It's not butter. Yeah. There's nothing it's- on it. There's nothing on no, it. No, 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 nothing no, no. It's it. it's it's spaghetti and a little bit of butter to make it like slippery. Is, what's the point? It's a, thi- it's a real thing. Slippery. <sighs> it's a it's a real thing. I'm more concerned about the bowl of like chopped up carrots oh, in the middle. Yeah, nice salad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, it was horrible. It was fucking disgusting. Uh, I then have this teacher needs to understand what listening to both sides of the story is because they just immediately, he just immediately shuts Caitlin up after listening to the other one. I can't remember her name. Uh, the mean one. I then have, oh, Mitchie said she liked the Jonas's music and now he is nice. What a <laughs> Like he only likes her after she gives him a compliment. What a piece of shit. He's thinking with his dick. Yeah, pretty much. Much like Joe Jonas. I then have, uh, War, how did the Jonas manage to duplicate his voice without any technological help? He just has a guitar oh, yeah. and a lake. 
hey, 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 this happened several times throughout the movie. No, but that's the one that's when- most egregious to me. I he, the most that one's the most yeah. egregious, and not and not when all of the main girls' um, backup singers leave her, and then suddenly in her stage show she has backup singers again. No, she got new ones. In the in the two minutes that she had, uh, that's not because you see the thing is is that at least there's like technically an in world explanation for that one. Like she could just they could just been prepared, or she could have got a mum to like get them or something. But Joe Jonas, Joe Jonas, am I right in that one? Joe? Yeah. Uh, Joe Jonas manages to do like a thing where he's got like backing track of his own voice, but all he has is a lake and a guitar that's not plugged into anything. It's just a normal acoustic guitar. So I feel like this one's the worst one. <laughs> and then immediately after that, I have that chip box is empty because they keep lift, they keep throwing that thing around like there's nothing in it. I carried, I, I my job used to be carrying around like packets, big boxes of corn chips and chips. It's not ultra heavy. I'll give you that, but it is unwieldy and you can't do those types of maneuvers with boxes like that. It's just impossible because even though it's not ultra heavy, there is still a level of weight to it that will not allow you to do that. Anyway. So was there one bag of chips in that box? It was just like massive, really right? There's a one massive bag of chips. I mean, at that point, yeah, but when they were throwing it around at the first place, there was definitely nothing in it. Uh, then we have, oh yeah, then we have, okay, Caitlin's actually based. And then we have, oh my fucking God, it's the, she's really good meme. And then we have Tess is a Highlander. There can be only one. <laughs> Tess is the bitch, by the way. I, I've, oh, okay, yeah, cool. Because they kept saying she's the only, the only one. And I, all I could think of was in Highlander when, when the main character goes, there can be only one. Everyone is getting guampy about Mitchie lying about her mom, and all I can think of is the meme which goes, Stop fucking crying, bitch. Wah, wah, wah. I don't want to fucking hear it. <laughs> because it's like, oh no, the consequences of my oh, actions. No, it's not even that. It's just everyone else being like, oh, you lied about your mom being the cook. It's like, well, it's not like she promised you guys a record deal or anything. Like, why are you... You know what I mean? Like, I, I get lying's bad. I understand that. And I understand that the real point of the movie is that she was not... Uh, respecting her mom and not taking her own self-respect. And, and, you know, and that was like that whole idea. Point is, these people had no reason to be angry at her because why do they care? Why do they care so They're much? They're richer than her. They didn't, she didn't do anything to them except lie and uh, whatever. Anyway, uh, was there a character arc for the Jonas or a switch flip? I couldn't tell. Yeah, it's the, it's the, it's the character electrical arc. Intriguing. It's like jazzier. Which, which is the Switch. Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo Switch. Oh, the Switch up. The Switch up. Yeah. Uh, this movie would be better if there was swearing. I still stand by that. Uh, they cut the high five between Mitchie and Caitlin before the hands made contact, which was weird because we still got the sound. And then my very last, um, my very last uh, note was, I don't like this redemption arc for the blonde chick. She should have remained shithouse. I, it just didn't, I didn't, it was too sudden. There was not enough. Yeah, like just go full Sharpay. Yeah. But well, Sharp, no, Sharpay, Sharpay ends up, gets a redemption arc at the end yeah, as well. Yeah, what are you talking about? Every every Disney Channel original movie, the villain can't be the villain unless they're like actually mean. Like, unless they're an evil house. Like actually, actually. Or mean. an alien. But like even or then. Or a vampire. Even then, I don't think like in Disney Channel movies, the villains, like the villain characters, the evil characters stay evil. They always like, get redeemed by like, Abusive parents or something. <laughs> fucking bullshit is what it is. Anyway, that's all my thoughts on the film. That's Mitch's thoughts. I didn't like this movie. 
I don't know if that was obvious or not. Because <laughs> we was we more background on this episode. We were supposed to do Wet Hot American Summer, but it was just next to impossible to find it. A good movie. Yeah. Oh, I don't know if it's a good movie or not. I actually haven't seen it. Oh, it's it's really good. But it was not on. It, I couldn't even buy it off of Apple or anything. Like I couldn't rent it anywhere. It was just Literally. it's just not anywhere mm. to get. You can watch the TV show on Netflix, but for some reason you can't watch the original movie. I don't know. But anyway, so this was kind of a last minute one for us. We, uh, you mentioned it as a joke. So I was like, we should do Birdman. And you said, I don't want to be depressed right before watching uh, before right before recording. <laughs> and I was like, well, what do you think? And you said, well, I don't want to do Camp Rock. And I said, that would be hilarious. And uh, hubris is a bitch. Um, <laughs> so my personal history with camp yes Rock, um, yes please <laughs> is my sister was a disney channel girly um we stand we stand and, and as a result i watched this and many other disney channel original movies many 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 times um and listened to the soundtrack Many, 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 many times. So it does sound like you're saying Manny at one point because I was like, the word just meant nothing to me. Yep. Yeah. Um, so not only did I know all of the beats of this movie because um, they were like emerged from my subconscious, like. Oh. I mean, I, know, I knew all the beats horror. of this movie before I watched it. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, 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 knew exactly who was coming like the when, exact beats what was yeah i knew what broad. was gonna happen i was just broad yeah it, it, like it emerged from the depths of my brain like um, not only that but i also managed to be able to sing along to most of the songs that's horrifying um that was upsetting yeah that's actually disgusting ew gross that's what it's like not being an only child can't relate uh, mitchell can't relate so i didn't have to share my parents love they just gave it all to me <laughs> was great. Well, I was the firstborn male child. So. There you go. You got to have it for a decent amount of time. What do you mean decent? I don't know. I still have it. Ah, too true, King. <laughs> I didn't want to besmirch your parents, but all right. <laughs> Damn, we're going after your parents today, huh? I remembered this movie with like a equal degree of like fondness mm. and absolute contempt. Yep. Um, because again, I don't know if you will have experienced. Um, having to watch the same movie on repeat for weeks at a time. Not that wasn't my own choice. Um, but it's can be very painful. Is that when you broke, Max? Is that when you broke? Is that when you broke as a person? Um, potentially. Yeah. But yeah, this this was um when I suggested this, it was like a oh, ha ha funny bit because of this movie that I watched because my sister forced me to. Mm. Um, not because like she forced me to sit down and watch it, but more because like it was always on and it was inescapable as a joke. I have a question. Like I pitched it as a joke and I, I think, yeah, now we are both having to have suffered the consequences of that. I, you regret pitching it. I regret taking it seriously. And I regret watching it. Yeah. I guess you were the max we in, this, regret, you were the max in the situation because you got forced into it. It was just kind of there. I have a bit of a, a question for you, Max. Mm. What is the best Disney Channel film? Oh, okay. So I have a really soft spot for Geek Charming. What the fuck? Although I rewatched it. What the fuck is that? 
Uh, I've never seen that. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let me. I'll do. I'll do the the our little like mini review in the review. The 2011 oh, film. It's a from Modern Family. The 2011 film starring Matt Prokop and Sarah Highland, directed by Jeffrey Hornaday. It premiered in January on 20, January 28th in 2012 in Disney Asia, which is the Australian like Australian like the Oceania segment. area. Yeah, but we're, we're counted in Asia yeah. um, for for um, Disney's demographic. Just for context, the the um, director of this film. Um, was the choreographer of uh, most notably Flashdance. That's a good. That's going to be a good movie. <laughs> yeah. Well. Anyway, I don't know. It's about. It's about a a popular girl. It's about a popular girl who has to be interviewed for a documentary by a film student, and then he fixes her. For real, for I'm real? making her taking off her glasses. Look, I rewatched it not that long ago, like maybe three years ago. It is really bad, actually. Um, it's because you've given the wrong answer. Because a Cinderella story is the best, like Disney TV film, like undisputedly. Is it a Disney film? Oh, I thought is we were talking about Disney? Flashdance. Fairly short. short I don't. I don't think a, Dis- a Cinderella story is Disney. I don't think it is. I think that's like the whole point. Oh, it's Warner Brothers. Because at fair. the same time, around that time, we had Cinderella by Kenneth Branagh and with Lily Collins. That was Not literally 2016, Mitchell. Fuck. No. Not Lily Collins, anyway. so long Lily, after. Lily James. Lily James, the better Lily. She is the better Lily. <laughs> are, we, are we done talking about this? <laughs> I think we've talked about this for so long. Talking yeah, about this, been- that's actually good. Yeah, let's let's move on. Let's let's give a give ratings. Do you want to go All first, right. or do you want me to go no, first? No, you go first. I want to know what you you did. I just have one cringy school camp performance out of five. I gave this two Disney Channel original movies, otherwise known as DCRMs, DCOMs out of fives. DCOMs. Yeah, I've seen the Nakey Jakey video. It's a good video. Oh god, I didn't prepare a little bit for my rating. Oh, how about I go? One and a half minutes of actually good content from Joe Jonas in the movie. Where was that one and a half minute? Or was that just like grabbed from random parts and it makes yeah, up yeah, one yeah, and a half? Yeah. yeah. It's not so like two seconds here, like 23 seconds here, that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. I think it's mostly when he's singing though. Yeah. Like the song singing's fine. Depends oh, the rest of the movie, it's good. When, when he was singing to Mitchie, I was just thinking, I want to push you around. All That's And I will. back down. That was all I was thinking of. When right, I, think, I think we're going to make my exit from the podcast. <gasps> Don't mess it up. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Manager. I'm Mr. Manager. You're most welcome. All right, it is time for Max and Mitch's Mini Media. All right, so listeners may know that a movie came out recently that was made a few years ago and has only just seen the light of day. And it's a bit controversial. It's in cinema right now. So it's technically new-ish, but it's a new release, but it took a while for it to come out. It got um, messed around by the Fox-Disney merger uh, Disney didn't want to release it, blah, 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 blah. I'll say more and see if you can figure it out. You may not know it, 
it's funded by QAnon. What? Yeah. It's a movie about it's a movie about child trafficking called Sound of Freedom. Have you not heard of this film? I have heard of this film. I went and saw it because it's already made its millions of dollars. That's the only reason why I gave it money. It's it's already past Parasite as the most uh, money making indie film of all time because that's upsetting. Church, it's because church groups in the United States booked out full sessions for it and then also there was a scheme because I'll, I'll get there but there's a scheme basically like the pay it forward where it's like pay, buy a ticket to give to someone else like you know when you go to starbucks and you pay it forward yeah. to yeah, yeah same idea but a ticket for this film why because they knew that they weren't going to make their money otherwise because this is a fucking shithouse film <laughs> it's bad so it's about as i said it's about a guy called tim ballard tom Ballard, tim tim ballard and he's a real guy who did none of the stuff that's in this movie, as far as I'm aware. He it's it, it details this uh, like sting operation he did to try and catch a bunch of traffickers and save a bunch of kids, and him going into the Congo or whatever, not the Congo, sorry, uh, Brazil or something like that. It, 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 the reason why I'm thinking Congo is because it made me think of Heart of Darkness. It's a bad film. So it turns out that this Tim Ballard guy actually didn't really do any of the things he said he did and he also you may have seen he's been pulled up for sexual assault charges recently because what he would do allegedly is he would pretend that he and a woman had to go undercover as man and wife and then do some uh what's the method acting horrible person he was also married by the way, like, I mean, not that the, it's just that horrible. Not really make a difference at that point, but like, mm. yeah, yuck, curse. I think it's, I think it's like the sexual, he was sexually assaulting people and he was also being um, unfaithful to his wife. Right. I see it as a well, add on. I, I, I see the main point is the, the sexual other. assault part. The main yeah. point is that part. I'm not going to say that the other part is anywhere near as a horrible thing. It's just, it's more, it's meant to be more evidence of him being a shit person than anything right. else. Not meant to be anything right. beyond yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he's this horrible person. His, he, and this movie is just feeding into the QAnon bullshit. I don't know how familiar you are with the QAnon ideals and beliefs. Uh, look, vaguely, I don't. So here's the thing, right? I don't want to be, I, I know enough about QAnon to know that I don't want to be involved in QAnon. Just so really quickly, basically they just assume anyone who doesn't, who's not a, uh, anyone who's not a Republican is a pedophile. That's pretty much their basis. Yeah. It's a way for them to defame anyone who disagrees with them. Yeah, cool. That's, um, yeah. And the movie does that basically. I did not catch this upon my watch because I'm not as tuned into American politics and all that. But basically, as far as I'm aware, the film, I don't know how I missed this other part as well, but apparently they insinuate that everyone who's a pedophile in this film, like whoever these children are going to, is a Democrat. 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 Yeah. Is a Democrat uh politician. That's what they insinuate. They also show the first the first pedophile you see is the most pedophile looking pedophile you've ever seen in your life. It's comedic. Like it's comical how pedophilic, pedophilic they look. Here's the shithouse wire glasses. He has the pedo stash. He's wearing a tucked in blue shirt. His hair is shit house. All that. I'm pretty sure it's heavily insinuated that he's Jewish. 
and a lot of other pedophiles are also heavily insinuated to be Jewish. So it's got like very that. well, it's because there's, there's an anti-Semitic element to the to the QAnon stuff as well, and the pedophile and all that stuff because it's yeah, the that, same idea as Jews run the bank, Jews do Hollywood type thing. It's the same yeah. group of people. So I saw this film, so that because I've been making fun of it for a lot for a long time and I wanted to watch it for myself so that I could make fun of it for even better. Better. Basically, don't watch this fucking film. It's horrible. It's hate speech. It grossly uh, grossly misrepresents how child trafficking actually works. Child trafficking is an issue and I'm not saying it's not an issue. It's definitely something that needs to be done. This movie is not helping. It's just fear-mongering and because the way that child trafficking works in real life is that a lot of the children are sold into uh, slavery by members of their own family, people who should they should be able to trust. The movie rep- shows random cartels just picking kids off the street or running weird scam schemes for the parents to hand the children over for like two seconds to then steal them. It's it's bullshit. Basically, it's 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 mm. it's, it's it's taken levels of fuckery. And the Taken is in the, Leon, the Leonardo mood, DiCaprio. The Neeson. Thank you. I said Leonardo DiCaprio for some reason. Don't it's know not why. Leonardo DiCaprio. It's not Leonardo DiCaprio. It's Liam Neeson. Like, it's like that level of bullshit is what they're re- re- showing. And while Taken is fine because it's fake, they're, say, they're so trying to tell you that this is a true story. And then in the credits, there's, and I actually think this is something they should implement though in all Marvel and DC films going forward. There's a countdown to a special message. Now, I reckon what they should do in Marvel films is it should be a countdown to when the end credit scene is. But in this, it's a countdown to a special message where Jim Caviezel, or whatever the main uh, actor's name, it's the actor, not the main dude himself. Yeah. He speaks to the camera and he says, yeah, child trafficking's bad. You know how to fix that? You want to you wanna, you wanna know how to fucking fix that? Get people to watch our movie. Get, get people to watch our movie. Tell people to watch our movie. Watch the movie. That'll fix it. Watch the movie. How? A child traffic is going to watch this movie and be like, oh, maybe I shouldn't child traffic anymore. I'm pretty sure the child traffickers are fully aware of how bad child trafficking is. That's why they hide it, because they know they'll get caught. Don't watch it. Zero out of ten. Negative three out of ten. Whatever. It's bad, but I'm glad I watched it so I could make an informed review. That's the only reason why I'm happy I watched it. The one thing that we are not you you're improving on the one thing that we're definitely the worst at on this podcast doing research. You know it, baby. You fucking know it. How about you, Max? I hope you enjoyed your mini media more. This I week. had a much much lighter mini media. So as you know, I love me a couple of things. Hold on. One of them. Can I guess which one this is going to be? You can guess what this is going to be. It's not going to be Magic the Gathering, right? It's not Magic you're the Gathering. You're correct. It is not Magic the Gathering. It either leaves Sonic or Pokemon. Okay. You're, you're I reckon very it's Pokemon. Warm. I reckon yeah. it's Pokemon. Yeah. Can, fuck. You, get, can you get closer? <laughs> oh, that's all closer? I had. Um, oh, no, wait. I remember you telling me now what it actually is, and now I won't go any further. Oh, okay. You, you told me what I it is. Now, now I remember, though. Beforehand, I didn't, but now I do remember, okay. and I will now let you describe what it is. I somehow sucking myself in again to playing another training card game. Um, obviously, I'm referring to the Pokemon training card game. The exact same one you said you had no interest in two to three weeks ago. Yes, it is. 
Look, times have changed. Um, I have become deeply invested. <laughs> I have deeply invested in this COD game now. Wait, what? I'm sorry, deeply invested. <laughs> More than fifty dollars. Uh, all right, that's fine for a trading card game. That's actually pretty normal. <laughs> but part of the reason I have become deeply invested in this trading card game again is because they have just released a new expansion set. I'm not as like deep into this as I am in some other things, but to my knowledge, it's not like a standard legal set. It's just like a fun bonus set for people who like collecting the cards. And that's that's where I'm at. Um, and it's called Pokemon Scarlet and Violet 151. Um, and it's reprints of, well, not reprints, but the original 151 Pokemon from Pokemon Red and Blue. That's Generation on, 1, right? That's Gen 1 yep. on Pokemon cards. Um, along with a couple of uh, alternate art versions and trainer cards and things that go along with that um, as part of the game. And I was away. I was going on a little holiday up to Bryce. How was it? It was really nice. And we had a good time. And it was nice and relaxing. I slept on the floor. Oh, um, painful. It was stone floor too. It was um, oh. not super comfortable. Was it even? No. Like, like oh. It was like... Like proper like slats and yeah 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 yeah. um but that's not important what is important is my absolute fascination with small town news agents um and the fact that they always stop like the wildest shit i i get it no i i understand your fascination i get it so we walked into the we went to beechworth on yep. the way there, which is sort of out of the way, but we wanted to stop for lunch. So we went, oh, we'll go to Beechworth. And I went to the news agent in Beechworth. Be- Beechworth has a great news agent. I saw novelty soaps there. What type? That were like coochie cleaner, dick polisher. Is like, that the name, it's, the it's, actual names? It's like the name of the soap. Sure, but I'm just shocked and startled. No, it's novelty soaps. No, I get it. I, like the not novelty- particularly high quality and are meant to be funny. I'll allow it. Um, but I was like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna look for I'm gonna look for trading cards because as a child, one of my favorite things was to go look for trading cards in, in country town news agents because um I never had them in big city news agents. No. And I didn't know the game stores existed. They don't um when you're a child. So I was a stupid kid. Yeah. So my only opportunity to ever buy cards was Country Town. And lo and behold, they had just started stocking Scarlet and Violet 151, which had come out the same day. Um, so I bought myself a little booster box of six packs, opened them when I got to a little holiday house. Did you get a Pikachu? I didn't get Pikachu, but I got a oh. full art Bulbasaur. I was going to say, did you get a Char- Charizard or a Charmander? Uh, no, I might have got Charmander. Charmander's sick. But, That's my favorite Pokemon. But yeah, my best pull was I got a full art Bulbasaur mm. and a and a full art Wigglytuff EX. I bet, oh, what? This probably means nothing to you, but that's yeah. okay. No, I, I know Bulbasaur. I know Bulbasaur. I play Smash. Uh, but it's fun. It's made me want to get back into it and collect it because it's the original 151. It's always a good thing to go back to. I... Um, grew up playing fourth generation. So some of the newer ones, newer Pokemon, I'm kind of like, what the hell is this thing? Which I'm sure is a feeling that many people can relate to now. But um, the original 151 is obviously a classic in terms of Pokemon. 
and revisiting them for just after the 30th anniversary of the game is really fun. And I have been enjoying playing around a little bit and looking at pretty art on the cards. They are really pretty art. That's sick. Are you going, are you going to get some more cards or is that, or is this, are you going to stop here? I think I'm going to get some more cards. There's like a box that comes with like some stuff in it. Mm, most, I love stuff. Most of these, most of these, the boxes, the card boxes work like that, but like, yeah, it's got like some boosters and some promo cards and like a fancy box of dividers and stuff. I'm like, yeah, that looks fancy. Hey, I'll probably end up with that as well at some point in the near future. Pretty cool. What is your favorite Pokemon? My go-to is um, Golurk. It's a Pokemon. It's a ground ghost type Pokemon from fifth generation. So Pokemon black and white. So that's after your generation that you started. So I started playing fourth gen and played fourth gen, fifth gen, sixth gen, seventh gen, then took a bit of a break. What gen are we up to? Nine, I think. So like you skipped like four gens? Three gens? Uh, I didn't skip them because I've gone back and played them. But oh, um, my bad. I'm stupid. Never mind. Yeah. yeah no. Um, why? Why would you go back? Why? Why would I not think that you'd go back and play the the earlier iterations of the same game they're releasing now? I'm exactly. silly. I'm thank silly. You, thank you for understanding. I do understand, obviously. No. So when I was like first getting into it, it was fourth gen, fifth gen. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of my favorite Pokemon come from those games and Golurk mm. is one of them. It's a golem. It's just a golem. Oh. And I like him and he's cool. So this isn't a Jewish thing? I, I, it's golems. not explicitly because it's a Jewish thing, but it's probably influenced by being a Jewish thing. Because the only times golems ever come up in conversation for me are either when I'm talking to someone about Lord of the Rings, which is not the same, or you. You're the only person who brings up golems ever for me. It's because golems are cool. I'll send you a photo of this. Oh, not photo, but I'll send you an image of this Pokemon. I love the image. For your listeners at home or wherever you are, just look it up. It's cool. It's number 623. Oh, it kind of looks like um, a, a knight from Spirit Tracks. Yeah, so um, it's described as uh, looking at being a bipedal automaton Pokemon resembling a suit of armor. That is pretty cool. Um, I... Hold on, I actually do have a different answer for who my favorite Pokemon is. Give me two seconds. Never mind, the piece of paper that has it on it is not near me, and so I can't tell you, because I forgot. It was some dinosaur-type Pokemon. There's a few of those now. No, I know, um, but, but I'm telling you that it was one of those, but I, um, I, I realized it, that there's probably a few. Is it Aerodactyl? might be Aerodactyl, actually. Is it the flying one? I can't recall. Like, it's, like a, it's basically just a... Um, Pterodactyl? Pterodactyl. I don't think it's actually, I don't think it's one that looks like a pterodactyl, looks slightly different. But I mean, I'm fond of Charizard. Charizard's good. I like, I mean, obviously it's a basic bitch answer, but it's better than Pikachu, so I'll take it. Um, I'm just going to read to you the Pokedex entry for Golurk. Is because it's funny? In, uh, I'll read you for you in black and white. So they've got two different Pokedex entries for the two games. So in Pokemon White, Pokedex entry is... It is said that Golurk were ordered to protect people in Pokemon by the ancient people who made them. This is definitely a reference to the Golem of Prague. I, like, which, cool. I love uh, the Golem of Prague. I think it's a great story. You can just make a Pokemon? Yes. There's a lot of Pokemon lore that you're missing out on. But the better one is Pokemon Black. Uh, the Pokedex entry says, It flies across the sky at mock speeds. 
removing the seal on its chest makes its energy internal energy go out of control. It can fly? Yep. <laughs> Wait, that thing you showed me can fly? Yeah, with ghost energy or something, I don't know. And you can just make that if you're a, if you're a Pokemon Jew. If you're a Pokemon Jew. A, a, a Pew, as it were. Yeah, it would be a Pokey Jew. Mm. Yeah, that sounds better. Or a Jokemon. A Jokemon. A Jokemon. <laughs> you see, Batman, <laughs> a, a Pikachu is just a true to me. Surely it'll be more like, time's up, Batman. We're taking Pikachu now. Is it just? Is that just a bit from um like Team Rocket? Yeah. Is, is it, yeah would Joker good. just be on Team Rocket? Yeah, it, it, Joker's on Team Rocket. You ever see that uh that that video where it's like? See, Batman, I caught myself a, a little pony. I, I, there's no rules. There's no laws against the Pokemon, Batman. It's like, oh, Joker, no. It's an animal. Joker, oh, no. no. I have seen, I have seen that. <laughs> Yuck. Why are you referencing that? I'm rolling, I'm rolling the tape. Theater Camp, directed by Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman and released in 2023. It stars Ben Platt, Molly Gordon, Noah Galvin, Jimmy Tatro, and Ayo Edabiri. Max, what is Theater Camp about? Theater Camp is a mockumentary about a woman who runs a theater camp. Um, except she enters a coma within the first scene of the film. Um, hmm. So it's a, it's a mockumentary about them trying to run the theater camp without the woman who runs the theater camp. Yeah. Antics and sheer. Oh, okay. I mean, it's good. It's a good movie. Uh, I think I, it was I quite really funny. liked it. I yeah, really liked it. Yeah. It's a, uh, so, okay. So I like it a lot, but I do have a few complaints about it. And I think my number one problem with this movie is that there are some really good payoffs at the end of the film that emotional payoffs that is by the way not like jokes but like actual character developments and stuff like that that i don't believe are seeded or put enough evidence to earlier to warrant the amount of motion i believe those moments should have received such as i will give examples i think i know what you're talking about there i don't basically i'm gonna because jimmy tatro though who plays the son of the lady who used to run or current is in a coma he is kind of a doofus but he's also got a heart of gold type thing he's just kind of stupid and he he thinks he's good at business but he's not good at business and stuff like that and he fucks up at the end because he managed to accidentally sell the camp to the the rich camp that's near them which is what Max was talking about earlier when we were talking about a rich camp trying to buy Camp Rock. That's the reference. That's why Max thought that it would be a good fit. And it would have been if I had seen the first Camp Rock. And yeah. So anyway, uh, he sells it and all the kids are really disappointed in him. And it, it's like, it's, it's a good moment for the characters to like try and get his shit together. And then obviously he has the moment where he's like, oh, if we do well enough and we do this and this, because there's actually a clause where we only sell if the bank forecloses and all that. It's good stuff. It's just that I never really thought the kids liked him. So when they act disappointed towards him, it's kind of framed it like he's betrayed them, but it really just feels like he's on brand. 
I, I don't know if it frames it like that. I feel I feel like the kids are more like, oh, we're upset about the camp. We don't really care about you. And but you're a, sort of the stand-in for that at the moment. There's a level of person. It is a level of it's personal and it's a level of like they kind of, I felt like it was aiming towards a, he's managed to build a rapport with them and he's broken that. It, or if anything, my, maybe my point is more just, it would have worked better if he had built a rapport with them. And may, maybe that's more my issue then. I, I don't know. I, I I didn't really see that as a as an issue there, but I get what you're like. What you're, I, I see what you're trying to get at, and I think a lot of this comes down to the fact that the cast is actually huge. I know you listed off a few. I listed names. off like four or five, but there's a lot of there's, there's a lot of people in this cast. There's yeah. so many people in this movie, and so many characters that um are important and unique. Um. You have the like core teaching staff, I guess, um, yep. who are mostly the characters that we follow around. Um, yep. But then each of the kids in this movie, that there's a core cast of them that we see pretty regularly, and each of them feels like genuinely unique and interesting and yep. um, funny and when you're trying to squeeze that much into a film that what uh, I didn't, I, I didn't actually look up the time for this, but I believe it's not very long. It's uh, I like think it's about two hours. It's an hour and a half. It, yeah. It's, it's not a long film. It's a tight 90. And you're, you're fitting huge amounts of character into that. You, you're going to end up losing out on some of that emotional payoff because you just don't have the time to set it up. Yeah. And I think the fact that it did so much in the time that it had is actually more impressive than the than the couple of bits where it probably could have used a a a, a scene or two extra um to build up that character development. Um, I, because I I think for the most part there is a really good um sense of like building up to the emotional points in the film and building an understanding of what people feel like in the camp and building an understanding of these characters that um of which there are uh, uh, quite a few and making them each unique and then also being able to do that and keep it um funny um and engaging and with a pretty consistent through line on top of all of that and i i, I think managing to do that is is really quite impressive. Look, I mean, I think, as I said, I think it is a good movie. I just, and it is impressive how much they fit into it. But I don't know if I think me being impressed with the amount they do fit in means I can excuse just the lack of payoff by the end. Mm. It it feels to me that they either maybe bit off more than they could chew. Or they just needed to have, they needed to be happy to shoot more scenes or they needed to cut something out, like make one character less important. Because the other one, the other big thing, and I think this is the one you thought I was going to mention, is the one between the two main teachers and how they make up. Because they, it's, you can see where it's going pretty early on because the, the, the female teacher, Rebecca, Diane, she says she's going to do the finale, but then she keeps disappearing and she's like freaking out over pieces of paper and stuff like that. So you can kind of see that there's going to be an issue at the finale pretty early on. 
that's seeded well. I think the issue is that they break. Uh, there's not. I don't know how to word this on and explain. It's it's just it it feels like we get seeded. We get a seed, and then we get the tree. There's mm. no point where you see the seed growing into that tree. I think is my issue. Yeah, I I, I think that's probably the one which was most like that for me. What you're describing is, yeah, it, it did feel to an extent that there was a little bit of a lack of, yeah, I guess the development between knowing that something's up and then finding out the conclusion to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I almost wonder whether that was intentional by the filmmakers as something that, like, this is a mockumentary. Um, it's filmed like a mockumentary for the most part um, or filmed like a documentary for the most part. Yeah, um, and as a result, you end up with these weird situations where you have these massive dumps of information all at once because of the limitations of a documentary crew. I feel like they probably could have set that up in a more in a way that was better. But mm. my gut instinct says that that's sort of what they were aiming towards. Um, yeah. But no, I, I agree. I think that there's a couple moments where they probably could have built it up a little bit better. I have a question for you. Sure. Yep. I know we've briefly talked about you and musicals earlier <laughs> on before. Yep. This is obviously not quite a musical. And no. I'm just going to ignore Camp Rock as an example. Um, what did you think of this and the way that it took on musicals? both in that like it is a musical sort of and it's doing an exploration of like theatrical musicals. Sure. I mean, I thought it was, it's definitely entertaining is, and it's definitely interesting. I think as someone who doesn't have a lot of background in musicals, performing them or consuming them such as myself, why are you giving me that look? Well, because I know a little tidbit about your history. I didn't perform that many musicals. I performed like one or two at best. And and a lot of them were also just pieces of a musical. It wasn't the full thing because you're talking about VBAC, right? YABC. Was that what it's called? Yeah, it was Fuck. YABC. I, don't I think I it was something else and then they changed it. Youth Bitches and Cremation. Youth, Youth Australian Broadway Chorus. Um, oh, I put the B in the wrong spot. That's why I couldn't figure out what it was. Youth Australian Broad. broad which we were both, which I'll point out, we were both in. I'm not going to leave you hang, hanging out to dry yeah. here, but. Um, not the both, same group. but Not the same region, but no. uh, we both were little musical theatre boys. Yep. So we were both theater, we were both almost theatre kids, but we both jumped out like too early. I was like almost closer than you as well. You, were, I did you got theater. way further than I did, definitely, because I went to hockey. Yeah, and I was like, no, nah, you were sports. <laughs> and then I did musical theatre in school. But theatre kids are mean, dude. They are mean. And as you can tell from these, these films, they're, they're all just shitheads. But yeah, so as someone who has, I don't watch that many musicals and I've performed one when I was 11 and then I've performed pieces of one when I was like 12 and 11 as well. And it's entertaining for someone who doesn't have that much experience in the area. And it's funny because you can get the jokes still. You can understand that like they're making fun of this and that. And like I mean, one of the best, one of the better gags is, not one of the better gags, but one, a standout gag 
is when you see the names of the prior uh, custom written pe- mm. uh, musicals that which are just astoundingly hilarious, and the fact that these are being played with kids who yeah, it, is, it doesn't make sense for you to write that for a child child to act in it, and just the way that these teachers treat the kids kind of like adults and that they're in a comedic sense, like they, mm. they, they're not, they're not being like, Oh, you're a child. You know, I'm not expecting to be at the level that I want you to be They're like, no, that you should, how dare you not act perfectly? And how dare you, you're flat. Like, you know, you're not yeah. good job. It's you're, you're being shit house and all that. It's. Yeah. I remember like being in school. I, 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 I know it's not the same because it was in school and yeah. um, B, I know that like, this is obviously a dramatization of it, but, um, uh, like, like junior musicals get intense, man. Like, <laughs> like there's there's all this like politics going on between like, like this is one thing I was surprised it didn't show is like there's all this politics between like who gets what role and people getting like annoyed that people got snubbed or whatever, and then mm. um dealing with like the intricacies or in the idiosyncrasies rather of the director or the, uh, whoever's doing the music. Um, and then them not getting along properly, um, which I think this film did a really good job of like showing that to the, like that sort of like nth degree. Um, but yeah, it, it, it was just like, it was for me at least it was very like, um, let me sort of reminisce on doing that in school. Yeah. And having a lot of fun with that and sort of all the yeah the the weirdness that went with it um a lot of the comedy from this film was just look how weird these people are and how they just don't react to like the way a normal person would react and they don't think through things the way that a normal person would think through something it's just it's i think the cast works really well together i, I you may have mentioned that earlier and yeah who was who was your favorite because because i kind of had two favorites um i have one standout favorite um and it was um alan s kim and he was actually in another film that we looked at recently um he plays david in minari as well oh alan kim yep he's the the agent (laughs) he's the little kid who's wants to be the agent and i just found him hilariously funny i thought that like the trope of the one guy at the camp who doesn't want to sing and doesn't want to dance and doesn't play an instrument and doesn't want to do tech, but like they're really, they're really good at what they do, but he's like also like six. Yeah. And I just, I think he's great. Like he was great in this. And obviously he was great in Minari as well. We talked about, but yeah, I'm especially for a child actor. Like it, it's, making me go, I really want to see what he does with his career. Yeah. He's got, he's got the stuff. He's got the stuff. And, um, I, yeah, I found him really funny and I, like he's cute when he needs to be cute and Mm. does like the deliveries are always really consistent and funny. And I think he, his casting in that role was really an excellent choice. And, um, that was, probably my standout frankly no that's um that's a good choice mine would be um ayo edabiri who has also been in a film we watched recently she played april in teenage mutant ninja turtles she's had a really good year because she's in bottoms as well and she's also in the bear i believe uh and bottoms is meant to be really good 
there's a couple of um, actors in this movie who are in the bear. Um, so Molly Gordon, who was one of the, um, she's the second, like basically second, the, the, one the, of the, the co-stars co-director. say, yeah. Um, she was, so she was co-star, but also co-director of this film um, was also in the bear. And um, oh, did she, do, Oh, now I see that. Yeah. She is indeed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in Shiver Baby, which is another film that I'm, uh, that's been on my list for a while about a Jewish family, Orthodox Jewish family. But there's, yeah, there's a, quite a few actors from this movie who were in the bear. Not, yeah. not just those two, I believe, but, um, but, but, uh, but with Ayer though, it, she's, she's met, she kind of is set up to be the straight man. Because she she walks up and she has this resume and Troy's reading and going oh you know combat art like com- stage combat and stuff like that but then because obviously it's a documentary it has the little name plucks of people on the screen and then a little description underneath them and it just says uh, Janet Walsh lied on her resume <laughs> and so and so then because like you kind of get like a weird answer from her in the first part and then it goes oh it makes sense why. And then just goes on to say, and she's just like lied about everything. And then it cuts to when she's teaching classes and she goes, all right, what is stage combat? It's making the heart skip a beat. Like the the kids will say something like it's making the heart skip a beat, but safely she goes, no, I need like a legal definition of what stage combat is. Yeah. She, she was really funny. And I, yeah, it's interesting that like you can play a character like that as a straight straight man because it is a comedic character. But at the same time, everyone else in this movie is so ridiculous that the the character that is only a little bit ridiculous is can be played completely straight. Well, because she she's still not actually a proper straight man. She's still mm-hmm. weird and wacky in her own yeah. way. But just compared to the rest of these freaks, she's the straight yeah. man in this in this situation it's but yeah no, yeah absolutely she was fantastic as well yeah i mean so much of this cast was really excellent and again i know we've talked about um excellent child actors yeah um, in the last couple of episodes but once again this movie has a really really great selection of um child actors who are really like some of these kids are really quite powerful performance and yeah. this because of its like because it's a like a mockumentary about a musical and about theater kids and about like the crazy intensity of that yeah um, it kind of lets them show off the like sort of extreme of they can ham it their, up like thematic ability as well yeah. they, they can like go like really stupid with it because that's yeah. the point but like stupid in a very very uh talented way like it's like the it's like um the chewing the scenery type thing yeah yeah no i i mean it's just that and and i i'm yeah i i think this film does an amazing job at like not only having so many fantastic child actors but being able to wrangle them all and put them in in, in a film like this that's that's um consistent and consistently funny and pretty heartwarming as well yeah it's a nice film it's you're not going to feel shit leaving it you're going to feel pretty good i think i i, I mean I keep, I keep thinking about that one bit because this is i think and, I, and they must have obviously done this deliberately because i was definitely thinking this but throughout the film you're unsure of whether or not uh joan rubinsky who is the lady who um, had a coma, uh, gone, went into the coma. You're not actually sure if she's dead or not because they keep referencing it in weird ways. And yeah. at the very end, 
uh, one of the characters, I think it's Janet again, the area the beery goes, what's, do we know what the status on this woman is? Cause it's, they got like the pamphlet <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's a really clever film. Rebecca Diane. Yeah. Keeps doing like seances. Yeah. To, but, like, so you're like, is she spirit, dead? But, like, is she dead? Uh, well, it's like in a coma. I don't know. <laughs> it's like, it's not a dead. Um, and oh, actually the whole bit with, um, Rebecca Diane and it's just showing her and she's doing her, um, her, her past lives she's like you are the oldest soul this is your last life and just telling it's like the youngest kid in the room <laughs> and, and the kid's just like because once again it's the great child acting and this is a kid who i think this is probably our only scene we ever really get to see them yeah. but this kid's great because the reaction the kid gives is just like of shock and like oh i'm i'm gonna die like it's just it's so <laughs> funny it's a it's really funny yeah the, i really enjoyed this film i uh it's I'm a really big fan of a mockumentary. Yeah. Um, I'm a, have been a really big fan of musical theater. I've been in musical theater, especially when I was that age. Yeah. Um, and this really like struck a chord with me and yeah, it's, I'm, I had a fantastic time with it. No, it's, I think what, what really does drag it down for me is just, they, I, it just feels like they didn't plan the actual emotional beats at the end well enough. And they didn't plan enough in the middle to just make it land that's what i think really drags it, it's as a comedy it works really well but as a full film as like a full story it's just lacking a little bit for me i think that's what disappoints me a little bit because i was having a great time watching it but just got to the end and i was like mm, it's just falling a bit flat here because there wasn't enough build up in the earlier parts of the film and i don't know if that's something you mirror as well or i i think to an extent but i i maybe I not as much think- as me yeah, I, I mostly think what this film does achieve is really fantastic. And yeah. it's, yeah, it's really funny. And I had a really great time with it. I was, I had a really weird cinema experience watching this movie. And I don't think it moved in on my enjoyment of the film, but I just want to talk about it anyway. I went to a, a palace theater again because um, it's close to where I live and I can just walk there. And they're small cinemas, but I booked pretty early and I booked nowhere near anyone. The row was completely empty. Uh, when I got there, it was a bit more full. So people must have booked a bit later than after me, but still the, it was a pretty f- empty cinema. Well, not empty, but like not, there was room. And then like a lady and two of her kids sat directly next to me. There was like five seats next to me further down that you could have sat in, but no, apparently they got booked directly next to me. I was like, why? Give me some space, please. The kids were fine, though. They actually didn't be that. They, I was worried they were going to be annoying because they seemed to be of a young age. And they were eating popcorn really loudly at the start, but they stopped pretty quickly. But To be fair, that's why I, most of the reason I don't eat popcorn in the cinema is because I can't hear what they're saying over the sound of my own me eating my own popcorn. I just don't like popcorn that much, honestly. It's like We're going to get annoying. so much like hate mail about It gets stuck in my teeth. Popcorn. The kernel gets stuck in my teeth. And it's like, I'm trying to lick, I'm like, trying to lick it out. And it's like Mm. not moving because it's like way embedded. And then it gets pushed directly into the gum, like right on your front tooth. And you can feel it there. And you're trying to flick it out. But you look like a little dickhead. You're like, like a little rat man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I get that. And you get super dehydrated as well. Then you get thirsty. I ran out of my, I ran out of my, like, Pepsi or whatever I'm drinking. Yeah, you, you drink your Pepsi Max and you got like a large because you were feeling fat today. 
that's how I feel at least when I get a large because they're huge, but they're also like twenty dollars. Yeah, they're really big. <laughs> they're mostly ice as well. They are mostly. It's just, it's just not worth it. Oh, I when I saw uh, this is this is not the camp the, the camp camp theater but theater camp. Fuck yeah. Uh, when I saw Sound of Freedom, I saw it with a friend, and we both got large drinks. And by about halfway through, for both of us, the, the straws were uh, paper. And oh, they had no. exploded, and and I couldn't suck it out at all in any way, shape, or form. And then I'd seen that he had like kind of opened his up, and I was like, "Oh, he must have just like that's clever." And I did that too, but then I just kind of like threw the plastic by accident. It like kind of <laughs> flew away, and I was like, "Oh no, where'd it go?" Luckily, I found it, and I didn't. They didn't have to pick it up for me, but it was just it's a little side note. Same theater, we right, rankings, right? <laughs> I was like, "What are you waiting for? Switch, do the next thing." <laughs> Um, do you, uh, you, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I gave Theatre Camp uh, four complete productions that we don't see at all and at least one musical number out of five. I gave mine three failed auditions and a starring role in an insurance company commercial series out of five. 3.5. I don't know. I think people get it, but I just want to make I th- sure. I think people like, get it by this point. Yeah. If it's, that's, any, a, if, that's a four if, and a half for me. If, if it's at all... <laughs> If confusing or convoluted, it means there's a 0.5 in there somewhere. <laughs> this has been the Blockbusted Podcast. I've been Mitch. I've been Max. And you can send us questions, reviews, and warranted hate mail at blockbustedpotty at gmail.com. That's potty, spelled P-O-D-D-I-E. You can also find us on Twitter and X at the username BBPotty and on TikTok at Blockbusted Potty, I am 90% sure this is the last week that 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 username will be like that. I think at the end of this week we can change it. I I, I think. We we are working towards uh, Unification. Unification. Uh this week, in the name of uh, production and good 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 theater and all that. I want to see if we can end this podcast with some banter that doesn't end with me going <laughs> and then the pod ending there. So, banter at me, Max. So, wait, so are you going to give the listeners something to do? Oh, uh, star in a community uh, production. But also, we need to not la- end on me laughing. That's how we've Wait, ended the last. Sir, are few. you are you doing the community production as well? No, I'm not in the community production. You're not in the community production. You told me to give the listeners something to do. I give the listeners something to do. <laughs> do you try that again. Do you try right. that again. All right, all right. This week, uh, I want you to star in a community production of what's a what's a play or a, a, a streetcar named Desire. I think they're actually doing that at the like the Melbourne Theatre Company, MTC. Is that a community? No, that's like professional. Well, then how is that helpful to the to the listeners? Because you go community, amateur, You failed us. You failed us. I failed you. Was that even fu- That wasn't even funny. That wasn't even a funny bit. It works better if the music just goes over it. It's fine. It's hard to do. Con- we'll get better. No, uh, give it one more shot. Give it one more all shot. Right, one more shot. <laughs> Keep us all in. All these takes. This week, I want you 
to do the outro in one take. Are you saying that I have been retaking the outro? No, I would never say that, Max. I would never insinuate to our listeners that this is the third time we've tried to do an outro that would be funny. I, but, um, it's for the, it's, it's, um, it, rehearsal. Oh, true. We had rehearsal time. And the, now the, we theater. have, is it computer? Go to theater. Go to, yep. the, go to theater. Go to computer theater. What's computer theater? No, no, no. Don't end on the laugh. Don't end on the laugh. <laughs> it can't. <laughs>